0: Nourish us with all goodness, and bring forth in us the fruit of good works, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading of the lessons.
1: lesson is a reading from Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 5 through 13 found on page 645 in the pew Bible thus says the Lord cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart turns away from the Lord He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of the drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately sick, who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind, to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds like the partridge that gathers a brood that she did not hatch, so is he who gets riches but not by justice. In the the midst of his days they will leave him, and at his end he will be a fool. A glorious throne set on high from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, All who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth, for they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. The word of the Lord. (laughs) Please stand for the reading of the psalm. The following psalm will be read responsively in whole verses. Psalms 62... Verses one through eight, found on page 479 in the Pew Bible. "For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation." How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him, God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. glory, God Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our
2: Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Jesus said, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ.
0: Heavenly Father, come plant your word deep in our hearts. Attune our hearts to hear it, to want it to be changed by it, so that we may bear fruit in time. In Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. First off, I have not been in the service in like 4 weeks because I've been teaching the foundations class, and I want to let you guys know, I've really missed you guys. Um, So it's really good to be with y'all this morning. So there's this strange thing that happens to each of us. And it usually starts and builds when we're stressed or we're hurt. It starts when your kids are being rowdy or disobedient. It starts when your husband is being hard or maybe lazy, maybe thoughtless. It starts when your wife seems to be a little unreasonable, or she's being cutting. It starts when your friend says the exact worst thing at the exact worst time. And then it happens. You feel this thing well up in you. You're trying to control it, but it's like this spring of water that's underground that's kind of building slowly, slowly, and then all of a sudden, like a geyser of water, it bursts forth, and you say something. And you say something terrible. And the strange thing is, as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you feel really good. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh man, what a weight was lifted off my back. But then you see those words that you spoke heard. You see the impact as those words bludgeon their hearer with blunt force. You see your kids, who you love, get quiet, and then they start to cry. You see your husband, who's your best friend, withdraw. You see your wife, who's the one person that you're supposed to protect, that you're actually attacking. And all of a sudden, you come to your senses, and you wake up when you see that face, and you say, I think that I just said probably the worst thing I could say to this person. And you're left wondering, where did that come from? And you spend the next ten minutes? maybe the next 10 hours, or maybe the next 10 years, trying to convince them that you didn't mean it. In our passage today, Jesus addresses this all-too-common experience. If you rub shoulders with anybody long enough, this is going to happen. So today, we're going to talk about a few things, and we're going to be looking at this analogy that Jesus gives of a tree— And he compares it to the human heart. He lays out two different trees and compares them to the human heart. And so this teaching on the tree is going to be our structure for this sermon. So if you're a structure person, here's your outline. Um, The tree analogy tells us this. First, let Jesus unearth the roots of our tree or our heart. Let Jesus unearth. Get down deep and unearth the roots of our heart. And the second thing is let Jesus cultivate new roots in you. So Jesus unearths, and then he wants to to cultivate something new in you. So let's go ahead and begin by looking at this analogy that Jesus gives. So if you're not there, flip over to Luke 43 through 45. Luke 6, 43 through 45. Now as you're flipping there, I want you to notice how brilliant of a teacher that Jesus is. Throughout this analogy what he actually does and we're going to kind of watch him do it is he's setting a hook for his listener, like a fishing hook. So let's, let's watch him set the hook. So he begins in Luke 43 through 44 by giving this commonplace kind of agricultural analogy. He says for no good tree bears bad fruit, fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. All right, where are my gardeners in the room? Anybody? A couple, maybe? Yeah, all right, good. We got a few. Now, if I were to ask you guys, does this make sense? Does this observation make sense? Have you ever seen a fig grow from a bramble bush? No. All right. So everybody in the crowd saying, yeah, okay, Jesus, I totally can buy that. Well, the hook is now baited. Then he takes that observation and he applies it to people. He comes a little bit closer to home. And he, verse 35 says this, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil. What he's saying to the crowd is, would you all agree that people's actions come from their heart, from their motivations? And I think all of us would agree with that, right? All right, now he's got the hook in us. He's setting us up here. Without knowing it, we've taken the bait. So here he goes. He sets the hook and says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil. And then here he starts reading on the sin. He says this, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What? Oops. Ouch. When I read this, I don't know about you guys, when I read this, I say, well, Jesus, hold on now. Not everything I really say comes from my heart. Not everything. Sometimes I say things I don't mean. And Jesus says to me, to you, actually, no. You mean everything you say. Everything you say comes from your heart. Jesus has just unearthed the root of the tree. Because what Jesus is saying is this, you, don't, you never accidentally say anything. Think about that. You've never accidentally said anything. You may have misspoken, that would be an accidental, but in terms of if you've said something to someone that's hurt them, you, you didn't accidentally say it. It came from somewhere. It came from your heart. You've never accidentally yelled at your kids. I have a puppy um, and if you've ever had a puppy, you know it's very easy to yell at puppies um, because they destroy everything. Um, they destroy your whole lives. Um, no, <laughs> you never accidentally yell. For me, it's been this. This has been a convicting passage to teach on because God's been like, Dan, you're not accidentally yelling at your dog. That's coming from somewhere. You've never accidentally wounded your spouse. You've never accidentally gossiped. You've never accidentally lied. You've never accidentally cursed. You get where I'm going here? Because out of the overflow of your, ma- of your heart, the mouth speaks. And so that geyser of hurtful words that we talked about in the beginning, of that story, where does that come from? It comes from here. It comes from our heart. You see what Jesus did? He just unearthed the root of our tree, of our heart. So the first thing I want to talk about is what do we do with this, when we see this? When we, see, when we speak those words, those hurtful words to somebody, what do we do? Well, early on in my marriage, um, by the way, marriage, you make a lot of stupid mistakes and you come in very stupid. Um, when I would get frustrated or angry or something and we'd be in a disagreement, I would say something mean and then I would follow it up with this. I didn't I didn't really mean that what I actually meant was this and my wife would get so frustrated She'd be like, what are you talking about? You didn't mean that and the reality is this and This is what I've come to see in five and a half years of marriage Is that saying what I meant was this doesn't actually help at all (laughs) Ladies am I right? (laughs) It doesn't actually help anything Instead, I need to say, you know, I did mean that. I sinned against you. And I'm really sorry. It breaks my heart that I've just hurt you. And I am sorry. Parents, the best thing you can do when something comes out, when the geyser explodes, is not try to pretend like maybe they're young and they'll forget that I yelled right? Would be like hope. Maybe they just forget it. Actually, the best thing you can do, the most Christ-like thing you can do, is go to your kids and say, mommy was mad. Mommy said something she shouldn't have said, and I'm sorry. Dad was mad, and I said something that I shouldn't have said, and I'm sorry. That's how you point your kids to Christ, by showing them how much you need him. Does that make sense? And so the first thing we can do, John talks about it. He says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. When it wells up in us, don't try to justify it. Say, I'm sorry. I've sinned against you. Do you forgive me? So let Jesus unearth the roots of of that tree and then repent. When you see it, repent. So we're now in this series on the Sermon on the Mount And Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount for two kind of main things that he's working on in our hearts. The first thing is what we've just talked about, to show him that we need him. Last week in the Beatitudes, Mike showed us how the kingdom is upside down. Do you guys remember that? Hey, there's my wife. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, God bless her. Um, So... So we talked about how the kingdom is upside down, that those who think they are in, that are like, I'm super righteous, they're actually out. And those who are poor in spirit, that see their their poverty of spirit, that see their sin, are actually in. So it's an upside, upside down kingdom. But that's not all the Sermon on the Mount is meant to do, is just show us our need for Jesus. Certainly it's meant to do that. But actually, the Sermon on the Mount is actually meant to be lived. God actually wants to change our hearts. And here's the thing, from the inside out. And if you look at the whole Sermon on the Mount, it's Jesus trying to get inside of people's hearts, to tell them, stop trying to just manage your sin and let me in. Let me into your heart. So how do we change? How do we become a good tree that bears good fruit, that doesn't wound the people we love the most? This is the second point, is let Jesus cultivate new roots in you. But how? If you've been following Jesus for a while, you're struggling with how? How do we change this bad tree of ours that we see that just kind of bubbles up? Here's what I want to offer to you. The only way to change the tree of your heart is to cut it down. Cut it down. What do I mean by that? Oftentimes, we come to church because we're trying to be a better person. We're trying to be a better father. We're trying to be a better spouse. And really, what we're doing is just managing this sin. We're not letting Jesus inside. Watching your words isn't enough. You need to let Jesus in. You need a new tree. And the only way to do that is to cut the old tree down. Hear these words from C.S. Lewis. He's speaking in, in first person, so God as speaking to us. He says, Give me all of you. I've not come to torment or to frustrate the natural man or woman, the old tree, but to kill it. No half measures will do. I don't want to only prune a branch here and a branch there. Rather, I want the whole tree out. Hand it over to me, the whole outfit, all of your desires, all of your wants, all of your wishes, all of your dreams. Turn them all over to me, and give yourself to me, because I want to make you a new self in my image. Give me yourself, in exchange, I will give you myself." My will shall become your will. My, will. my heart shall become your heart. Sin cannot be managed. It must be exchanged. Jesus wants to exchange your heart for his heart. That's what coming and being part of the people of God is about. Not being a better you, but it's about letting Jesus in Now, how can this be? How can we actually get his heart? How can we actually get the good heart of Christ that he's offering to us? Well, I want you to imagine with me what I'm going to tell you a little bit of a, like a story kind of thing. Um, It's uh, the tale of two trees. So imagine two trees up here, okay? On this side, there's one tree. On this side, there's another tree. On the left side is you. It's your tree. And in that tree is etched all the words that you've spoken since you were a child. All the words that hurt the people around you. And you can see, imagine with me, the tree is is jagged. It's thorny. And also on that tree are all the words that the people in your life, who you loved, who hurt you, all those words, So, it's not just a thorny tree, but it's a withered and a weary tree. Now, on our right is another tree. This is Christ's tree. On his tree, amazingly, are no hurtful words. He never spoke a word to anyone that was from the overflow of a bad place. On his tree, we find only healing words that he spoke to every person that he met. It's a beautiful tree. It's a tree of life. And here's the thing. Jesus is offering you today in exchange. He's saying, I'll take your bad tree. In fact, I already took your bad tree. I actually carried your bad tree on my back. And he climbed on that tree. And nails were driven through his hands and into our tree. And our thorny hearts were fashioned into a crown that was placed on his head. And all the sinful words you've ever spoken were adorned on Christ's cross. His blood was poured out on that tree, on your heart, so that you could be clean So that he could get past the exterior and get here. But here's the thing, it's not only forgiveness that he won on that tree, but he actually exchanged something. He says, I want to give you the access to my tree, to myself. He says, I want to give you my perfect heart. I want to give you my perfect record. That when God looks at you and your brokenness and your sin, right after you've said something terrible to somebody you love, that's not what God sees. He sees that tree, Christ's tree, perfect, whole, full. This is the good news, that if you give him your heart, if you give him this tree, if you cut it down, he will give you his heart. He will forgive you And he'll start to work from the inside out. So my question for you is this. In your sin, have you just asked for help or have you asked for him? I'm going to say that again because there's a distinction. Oftentimes in our sin, we ask Jesus for help. God, help me to do better. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you to ask for that. I want you to ask for me. I want you to ask that I would come in and change you. So I want you to ask Jesus all the way in. So in review, to kind of figure out where we've gone, let Jesus use your words, as hard as it will be, to unearth the root of your heart this week. Notice what you say and ask, where did that come from? And then let Jesus cultivate new roots in you by giving him your tree and receiving his heart in exchange. So how do we respond? And I'm gonna offer us two things. How do we let him in? The first thing is, and this is important, is receive the forgiveness that was offered to you on the cross. If you're not a Christian, and you feel like, you know, I've, I'm carrying around all these words that I've spoken, and they're just weighing me down, well, Jesus is offering you forgiveness today. If you've been following Jesus a long time, you know about his forgiveness. But there's something you said that you won't let him forgive you for. Something you said to your kids. Something you said to your spouse. I want you to let him in. I want you to receive his forgiveness today. And what we're going to do in a few minutes is confession. We do it every single week. But I want you, I'm going to pause, and I'm going to pause for an uncomfortably long time. And I want to give you the opportunity to confess to him. Let him search your heart and see if there's some places that you need to confess. And then, during the absolution, I'm going to assure you, because of what Christ has done, that you are forgiven. And I want you to receive that. Take that in. Take it home with you. Because here's the thing. Your words will never become healing to others, if you have not heard the healing, forgiving words of Christ. Did you catch that? That you will never be able to have healing words until you've heard time and time again God's love for you, that he sees you like this good tree. And the second thing is, is that Jesus does want us to use our words, because words are powerful. Words are incredibly powerful not only to hurt, but to heal. And so I want you to ask Jesus this week, maybe during communion time, who is somebody that needs a healing word? Who is somebody that you want to speak through me to, God? It might be your spouse. It might be your child. It might be an old friend. It might be a relative. Ask him, God, how, who do you want me to speak to? How can I be an avenue of healing to somebody else with the words that I speak? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your son to be nailed to our tree and to give us a new tree, his tree. And Lord, I pray for those of us in this room that need your forgiveness, that need to let you in. I pray, Lord, Come in. Come into our hearts. Change us from the inside out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand as we profess the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified, That is broken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the world to come. Amen. Please kneel if you're able as we enter into a time of prayer.
2: I will start by praying a more general prayer. Then there will be times of silence where we invite you to pray for specific needs, either silently or out loud. Let's pray together. God, You are the shepherd of Your flock, so we pray for the worldwide Church. Unify us in the Spirit, purify us by the Word, and send us out to minister to the hurting world. We pray for Archbishop Foley for our clergy, Mike, Gus, and Dan, and for all in leadership at Grace Anglican Church. This week, we especially pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit's compassion and power for the Grace Anglican Healing Ministry. Pray now for the Church. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. God, you are our provider and our sustainer. So we pray for the financial needs of our church. Let us seek first the kingdom of God and give generously to your work here among us. Lord, you are the ultimate ruler of every nation. So we pray for this nation and all the nations of the world bring justice and peace to the governments of the world. We pray especially for President Obama, Governor Scott, and all our elected officials. In the power of your Holy Spirit, empower them and us to stand up for truth and justice. This week, we especially pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit on our nation and across the world. Pray now for our nation and the nations of the world. Lord, in your mercy, Jesus, You are the light of the world, and You call us to be lights to those around us. So we pray for this community. We pray for our families, our neighbors, our co-workers, and our schools. We pray also for the poor and oppressed here in our community. Lord, let us join You on Your mission to this community. This week, we especially pray for those who are charged with the security of our children. Pray now for our community. Lord, in your mercy, Jesus, you came to seek and save the lost, so we pray now for those in our life who don't know you. God, you are the great physician, so we pray for those who are sick and those who take care of the sick, especially Ron Hollinger, David Feitig, Tom DeLoretto, Donna Hamilton, Carol Hart, Steve Schmid, Jared Ellis, offer your own prayers for those you know who are sick. And Lord, you comfort those who mourn. Offer your prayers for those whom you know are mourning the loss of loved ones. Gracious God, accept all these prayers offered in Jesus' name, and give us now the strength to wait patiently for your answer, and to live faithfully in response to your call. Let's
0: now pause for a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, especially concerning ways that we've hurt others with our words.